Hey friends, and welcome to the Be Positive Podcast, where we talk all things chronic illness and health issues, the good, the bad, and the ugly, because this is a place I want everyone to feel seen, encouraged, and empowered. So let's get to it. positive podcast if you're new here i am so excited that you decide to listen in because we're going to be talking about my diagnosis diagnoses process i've kind of talked about this some in the first episode but i was just starting out with podcasting and was so scared and so nervous and i got as you guys know with brain fog you can get stuff and dates mixed up a little bit so i just kind of want to retouch on this and kind of bring it to life a bit more now that I'm not quite as nervous. But before we do that, today's Q&A question is from Anonymous who asked, what TV show slash movies are you currently watching? You guys know I love these types of questions because TV is what helps me on my flare days and just all the time. It helps distract me from symptoms. So my TV show that I'm currently watching is Gilmore Girls because it's fall and so of course you have to watch Gilmore Girls. It's like my third or fourth time watching it but it's always so funny every time and then my movies I've watched in the past week I think I've, I've watched 101 Dalmatians, I've started Aristocats and then fell asleep and didn't finish watching it but then I watched Kung Fu Panda 1 and 2 but I'll finish watching Aristocats eventually but that's what I've been currently watching and yeah so if you guys have any Q&A questions that you want me to answer on the podcast just shoot me a DM on my Instagram be positive and I'll try to get to your question whenever I do Q&A questions on the episode So this week has been a lot. You guys didn't hear anything from me last Tuesday because I was really struggling with my health and I had to take my own advice and rest because rest is so important and even though we have a lot of stuff we want to do, we have to prioritize rest. So as much as I wanted to get a podcast out, I needed to put myself first and prioritize resting and saving my spoons. But I'm back this week and I'm super excited So I, depending on what my health does, because we're getting closer to the holidays, I want to keep doing the podcast every week, but some episodes, some months or whatever, it might be every other week just because of the holidays coming up. But I haven't forgot about you guys and I love doing the podcast, so you can't get rid of me that quickly. But anyways, we'll just jump right into today's topic, which is my diagnosis process. And I felt like this was appropriate to do since it is dysautonomia awareness month and one of my diagnoses is POTS which is a form of dysautonomia so but in order to kind of get through that process we kind of have to go all the way way back when when I was a kid which I've had health issues since I was born pretty much I have struggled with my health off and on ever since I was really really young I'd always get sick a lot as a kid and a lot more than my brothers or or my any of my other friends or family members. And so, but it was just one of those things, you know, maybe I had a weak immune system, maybe I just, you know, put my hands in my mouth too much and didn't wash them enough. So, it was just one of those things we thought it was it was normal and something I'd grow out of, but then about f- at 5 and then again at 8, I was bitten by a tick so we wondered if maybe that didn't weaken my immune system 
more than, you know, someone else's who didn't get bit by a tick, and we didn't even know about Lyme disease back then, so we never knew if, like, that was a factor. And then around 10, I got scarlet fever, which I just had some great luck just my whole life. So the scarlet fever, we didn't even know I had. Um, I just had an upset stomach, and my mom decided to, my stomach was hurting or something, and I might have had a fever, I can't remember, and my mom decided to take me to the doctor, and it turns out that I had scarlet fever, and let me tell you, that was not fun. It made me feel like crap for like a week and a half, and it was, I had to be on like medicine and everything, and so that was when I was around 10, and then 11, I started having a lot of problems with my right eye. It would always be really dry and red or it'd be like watering red and we'd always think like, oh, it was just pink eye. And so I'd go to the doctor, you know, I would have the red eye and they'd say, well, it's just pink eye. So they give me pink eye medicine and it would eventually go away and it would be fine for a couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks, a couple of months, and then it would flare back up again. And then I'd say about 12 is when I finally, after like it, it's, that started happening around 9. And I think around 11, it really got worse. And then 12, I finally had the diagnosis, which was I had staph infection in my right eye. So I had to be on a ton of steroids and um, medicine in my eye and I had to take um, medicine by mouth. And it was just like, I had to take a lot of stuff for that to get rid of the staph infection because that's something you don't play with. And so, yes, at 13, I was the awkward girl with braces, glasses, and ointment in my right eye that made me look like I was crying continuously. And no, I could not wear makeup on my eyes. So I just really went through, when I went through my awkward stage, I, I hit it hard. So I looked very stupid. And it makes me appreciate every day that I don't have to keep ointment in my eye. If you have to do that, I mean, don't be ashamed of it. But I'm just very thankful now that, you know, I had to do that for a couple years. That it's finally, I don't have to do that anymore. Because that was like from 12 to 14, I think I had to do that in my right eye. And so it was just, it was a lot. It gave me gave me tough skin for sure. But um, finally, like, after the medicine and stuff, my right eye started getting better and then we thought, this is it. Like, this is my time to shine. Like, I'm going to do all the things that I can now. Like, my eye's not holding me back. Like, I'm taking the world by its bootstraps. Is that the saying? And so I was like, you know, I'm going to do all the things that I, I want to do now that my eye's not holding me back. And um, then at 13, I started having extreme fatigue and pain. So we started going to different specialists. We'd start traveling to different doctors and different hospitals and stuff. And they could not figure out what was wrong. So it was that was when the journey really began to start of trying to get answers was around 13. And I was still too scared to tell anyone. I didn't start telling anyone about my health issues until I was 19. So... I spent a lot of 13 playing the Hannah Montana role, which you guys know I refer to a lot, which is where around my friends, I was the outgoing, fun, spunky girl. But then at home, I was the girl who was struggling with fatigue and pain. Even some of my friends' house, I would 
be hanging out with them and then become so fatigued I couldn't even sit up and I'd fall asleep on their floor in their living room and just different things. So that was definitely when we started getting answers or starting to try to get answers. And then, you know, I'm frantically at 13 doing all the research I can. I start reading articles about how, you know, if you're feeling fatigued or if you're in pain, it could be inflammation. So, you know, try a different diet. So I started at that moment moment trying to eat cleaner and, and change my diet and um which now I'm I'm paleo I'm pretty much paleo friendly but that was kind of like the beginning of where I was like frantically doing my research I could at 13 so and then some of the specialists thought that maybe I had um Sjogren's syndrome and so I had a lip biopsy done to confirm but unfortunately the doctors cut the wrong tissue and this was after driving like a few hours to this hospital I had surgery on my lip. I had braces, so you can imagine how fun that was. And they said that um, we could try again, but they might not get the right stuff. The two in-office tests that they could do where we live would have been skewed because I'd been on medicine for six months at that six months or longer at that point to help um, my eyes produce tears because of the staph infection, and so. It was just a lot, and I'm and I'm like 13 at this point, and none of my friends know that I'm having this surgery. I don't think any of them even knew because it was, I just like struggled to talk some because of my braces rubbing against the stitches in my mouth, but my friends didn't even know, and just the fact that I kept all that quiet is just, it was a lot to process at 13. I was just scared, and then I, and even though it was the doctor's fault they got the wrong tissue, I still felt guilty in a sense because I was like oh I just made my parents like get off work and they spent all this time and my parents never made me feel guilty but just the person who I am I still felt bad about that so it was just a lot to have to process and then still going to more doctors and stuff you have to deal with all the gaslighting and it was just a lot it was a lot of emotions and a lot of things to process at such a I mean I wasn't young um, but I was young, you know, so, I mean, while I wasn't a, ch- a child, I was still very young, and then at 14, I was thinking, you know, maybe if I just think happy thoughts, or just, if I'm just being in denial, it'll just go away, but then at 14, I got, stuff kept getting worse, and then I got eczema around my right eye, which wasn't good, because if that continued to spread, it can mess with my right eye again, so, I do what any 14-year-old would do, and I frantically go on Google and search all the ways that I can try to get better, and it said, if you have eczema, cut out gluten, so at this point, I was gluten and dairy-free, started cutting out gluten, and um, my parents are such, they're such the goats, like, they're amazing, the greatest of all time, and they always, you know, anytime I was like, well, this might could help me feel better, or this could, they were always on board, and made sure I had all the food and stuff I needed. So I really appreciated that. So at 14, that was really when I started going gluten-free. And then around 14 or 15, they thought, you know, after going to more doctors and stuff, they thought that maybe I had lupus and arthritis based on my symptoms. And so we did test on that. And my ANAs, which are the lupus markers, were elevated. But they didn't think it was enough to be diagnosed with lupus or to actually have lupus 
because some people's ANAs can be elevated, but they don't necessarily have lupus. So it was that nobody wants a diagnosis, but it was at that point where I was like, it was like another door slammed in my face of like, you know, or I guess I should say another dead end. I felt like I was in this giant corn maze and I kept thinking like, oh my gosh, one more turn and we're going to be out of this maze. But I kept getting the dead ends. And so it was like very, it's just very disappointing when you're searching for answers and, and not that you want anything to come back wrong, but clearly there's stuff that is definitely wrong and you're not getting any answers. So that was, that was hard. And then 15, my health progressively kept getting worse. And I ended up in the hospital with my body going absolutely crazy with symptoms of pretty much going into shock. Like my body was not able to pee. My body temperature was low, like 93 degrees Fahrenheit. I think that, yeah, Fahrenheit. So it was like low, low. And then my heart rate was high. My blood pressure was low. I was shaking profusely all over. My speech was slurred, not able to communicate very well, completely pale and having like hot and cold flashes, struggling to breathe. So all these things at 15, not having a diagnosis and my diagnosis now of and not knowing how to handle it, it was very scary. And my brother actually was, my brother and dad were home that day and my brother came into my room because he noticed it was getting later in the day and I wasn't out of bed. And that's when he realized that I was not all there. And so he was the one that rushed me to the hospital um, because my dad it's like foot was messed up or something so he was off of work so my dad was like holding me while my brother rushed me to the hospital so it was a family experience and it was very scary but I made it out alive and I survived and now I know helpful tips to kind of now now that I know about POTS and, and fibromyalgia and MECFS I kind of know the things not that it gets easier but to when I can feel those flares coming on or there's scary things I'm like I have a plan I guess in place so but anyways I kept ending up in the hospital um but all of the regular tests kept coming back normal of course as they almost always do with people who have health issues that are similar to mine so at 16 I went to a specialist and was quote-unquote diagnosed with Lyme disease. The doctor said it was the only thing that made sense to her, even though the tests were negative, because with Lyme tests, they aren't always accurate. You can have Lyme, and it can come back negative, so um, she couldn't really test for that, and especially if I did have it since I was bitten by a tick when I was younger, it would be very deep into my bones at that point, so a test, it wouldn't have shown up. So she put me on a treatment plan, um, and I started that. Unfortunately, the treatment didn't help because of the of POTS that I didn't know I had. The treatment worsened POTS symptoms, and because I did not know I had POTS, it made things worse and didn't help. So I stopped that, and then I just decided to keep pushing through and just believe I would get better. And um, let me tell you right now, you can't just think, I want to be better, and then poof, you're better. Now, I talk about this all the time. This is why this podcast is called Be Positive, because I believe your mindset is a huge part. I believe that your mind is such an amazing tool, and when your mind is strong, I believe that it can change things, it can change your perspective, 
but just because you think positive doesn't mean that it's always going to be positive or you can make yourself better with just a few happy thoughts. So don't be like I was at 16. When you have health issues, you have them and you have to respect your body and you can't just magically poof it into existence that you want to feel better. Um, and that was that was a lesson learned the hard way quite a few times. But 17, things progressively kept getting worse and I decided to try working a part-time job, which was a couple hours a week or sometimes even a month. And that was in June of 2020. By August of 2020, which was one month before I was 18, I went to the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota and was diagnosed with my with POTS and ME-CFS. The doctor said that I had EDS, but he didn't want to diagnose me there because he wanted to get another opinion from specialists where I live. Unfortunately, there are no EDS speci- specialists where I live, so that's something that we wondered. Maybe I have, maybe I don't. I have some of the symptoms, not all of it, or as severe as others. So that's just something that's we've kind of wondered, but there's no definite thing. I If I do have it, I definitely don't have it as um, severe as some people. And I was eventually diagnosed with fibromyalgia at a different doctor. I thought it was at the Mayo, but it was at a different doctor. And if you have health issues, you know, everything kind of runs together and you're on survival mode. So it can be hard to get the details straight. And no one wants diagnoses. Nobody wants to be diagnosed with health issues or chronic illness. But a diagnosis is so important for going forward and getting the treatment you need and knowing how to help your symptoms and what works and what doesn't. But then after the Mayo Clinic, I came home in denial and tried starting college which lasted a long, long, long two weeks. So that was definitely a no. And because of the low oxygen from my health issues that I have, I struggled and didn't know why and was in complete denial. So that didn't last very long. But I did I did give it a good shot. I gave it a good two weeks. And then I had to drop out. And I ended up having to quit working too because that became too much on my body even though I I worked as like kind of a maid like I did dishes and I made beds and vacuumed and mopped and so while it wasn't any like super hard work and I was also like allowed to like sit down and you know while I folded clothes or while the dishes were washing or whatever and even though it was a few hours a week or a few times a week or a few times a month, I still could not handle that. So unfortunately, I had to stop it, which I loved that job. And I hated that I had to quit it. Because if you know me, I love cleaning. I love a clean house. I love when a house smells like fresh, clean products and the counters are sparkly. But I couldn't keep that up because of my health. So at this point, I'm 18. My health was becoming worse and harder to keep a secret. And I had no job. I wasn't in college, and all I spent my energy on was going to Bible study and seeing friends on the weekend when I could, but my body was just not having it. It was just getting worse and worse. And so at 19, as we say in the South, crap hit the fan, and Thanksgiving of 2021, I ended up in the hospital with supraventricular tachycardia. It was like the worst few hours of my life. Like normally... SVT's lat, which is supraventricular tachycardia, normally lasts like 10 to 15 minutes. Mine lasted a couple hours, 
And let me tell you, that will make you feel like you're having a heart attack for like weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks to come because it just puts so much strain on your heart. And it was triggered by my POTS, which didn't, I don't know if it necessarily affected my heart, but it affected my nervous system, which affected my heart, if that makes any sense at all. Um, so while my heart was in good condition, it was just worn out because of all the, um, all the beats per minute it was doing. Cause for a long, for like, I think it, like a few hours, it was, it didn't get below like 170 beats per minute, even laying down with like the, um, all the heart meds and stuff in my, my system. So that was a lot. And then by March of 2022 I pretty much just became bed bound and stopped going to Bible study I stopped hanging out with friends and I stopped doing almost everything and I I was struggling to sit up and walk for long amounts of time even going to the bathroom or the kitchen was just so exhausting for me and my symptoms were just absolutely crazy and 19 was definitely a challenging year and by 20 it started getting better I had good medicines in my system. I was seeing a functional neurologist, getting infusions every week. So now at 21, thanks to my meds I take, pacing myself so I don't overdo it too much, lots of salt and electrolyte drinks, weekly infusions, weekly functional neurology appointments, compression garments, supplements, a couple other prescription meds, mobility aids, you know, like my wheelchair, my shower chair, handicap sticker, um, not going to college, church, or having a job. I'm able to have more of a life now, and I'm able to be creative more and do more stuff around the house and, you know, just have the flexibility to rest when I need to. And um, I say all that, I realize that sounds very pathetic. Like, I don't want to scare you guys if you guys are listening. Not everyone's health is severe as mine. Some people's health is worse than mine. It really, everyone is so uniquely and individually made. It affects us all differently. So I don't want to say this and like scare you like, she has no life. Like I, I, I'm at a place now where I can, I can appreciate my life. Yes, there are things I wish I could do. And there are definitely days where I'm like panicking and freaking out. I'm like, oh my gosh, my life's falling apart. But most of the time, you know, I have, I have my rose colored glasses on and I'm able to see the positive and really appreciate the beautiful things that I get to experience, even if they aren't what I would, what I thought I would be experiencing at this age. And I've come a long way. So if you're bed bound or you're struggling, or even if you can go to college and you're struggling, just know things can get better. And sometimes crap hits the van, but then we get some Lysol and we can clean it up. So, I mean, just don't, don't panic. And wherever you're at in life, you're going to have days that ebb and flow. You're going to have some days that are great. You're going to have some days and, and weeks and months that suck. And, you know, it's going to be hard. Life's hard. Life sucks. But we're going to have those days where we where we can find acceptance and we can move forward and we're able to do things. I've always wanted to be have freedom to be creative. And while my body does hold me back in a lot of ways, I've also had a lot of ways where I'm able to be creative because of having to be at home so much because of my health issues and so while I may need two naps a day or I may not be able to walk long distance some days 
I'm able to create graphics for my Instagram or I'm able to do this podcast or I've been able to crochet or make earrings and different things like that. So while there are so many days my health, as you probably know if you have health issues, holds you back. But there are going to be so many days where you're going to be able to thrive even if it looks a little different than others. So I just say all this, my story, hopefully it can help you guys. If you're in the same situation, if you're looking for answers, maybe you just like, this is my story, I feel so seen and, and understood. Or if you don't have health issues, but you're like, wow, someone can be going through so much and I don't even, and I and I wouldn't even know. And so this is just kind of a podcast. I hope it helps you guys have more grace for others and, and helps you feel less alone if you're going through that journey right now. Because I definitely felt alone for so many years and I thought I was the only one with health issues that was not 85 years old. So this is why this podcast is so important to me and that's why I'm so passionate about it. And I definitely wanted to, I'll definitely probably talk more in the future about different parts of my life with my diagnosis journey. But this was um, like a decade, over a decade of my life that I try to sum up and a 30 minute video. So I hope you kind of have a little bit of a perspective. No, that's not the right word. A little bit of more understanding of my diagnosis journey. And yeah, so the shout out of the day, because we're wrapping it up. So a shout out of the day is something I do, which I give a, I I give a shout out to something that meant a lot to me, either this day or this week or whatever. And so my shout out is going to go to getting to go outside by the fire and hang out with my dad because the weather this week has been so fall-like and so beautiful and so when my dad gets off work he'll come and sit out by the fire with me and so that's been really nice and fun just to do something that doesn't take a lot of spoons but that's still fun and yeah that's all I have for this episode I hope you'll continue to listen in every single week and it encourages you and I hope you have a high spoon filled week and I hope you enjoy your week. Bye guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. If it was encouraging or helpful, share it with a friend or family member so we can continue to raise awareness for chronic illness and health issues. If you're on Instagram, head over to my Instagram page, Be Positive. I'd love to know what your favorite part of today's podcast was, and I can't wait to hear from you. Thanks for listening.